Hi everyone and welcome to this first ever Motherkind moment episode. This is a brand new format that I am really excited to try out each week. On a Monday, I am going to release a short inspirational clip from one of my previous episodes. My intention with the Motherkind moment is to give you a moment of joy, inspiration, and perhaps even shift your perspective a little as we start a new week together. I'm thinking of it as a little moment of Motherkind on a Monday before the crazy week ahead. I cannot wait to hear what you think of this idea. Today's clip is 10 minutes long. It's with the brilliant sustainability author, speaker and founder of the Knackered Mums Eco Club. It is Jen Gale. And today's moment is in honour of COP26, which, as I'm sure you all know, is the UN Climate Change Conference, which started yesterday. In this clip, Jen brilliantly breaks down the issue and the incredible power we each have to be part of the solution. I hope you enjoy it. Here it is. Guilt, whatever you do, isn't there? So there's guilt whether you're homeschooling, there's guilt whether you're able to send your kids to school because you're a key worker, there's guilt whether you breastfeed, whether you bottle feed, you know, whatever there is, somebody will make you feel guilty about it. My perception or my feeling is that there are a lot of parents out there probably feeling guilty and anxious about the environment. But as you say, there's so many other things to deal with. And I don't know about you, but certainly last year and even at the beginning of this year, there's been quite a lot of sort of amazing David Attenborough documentaries. And there's a certain bit of me, and I'm sure lots of listeners will relate to this, that you kind of don't want to watch it because you know it's going to make you feel bad. So we're all kind of aware of the climate crisis. It's another thing that's adding to the overwhelm and the guilt. And I guess maybe the take on this is that you see this as something that actually you can control, like these things within your home, these gentle, really imperfect suggestions that you can pick the ones that will be easy, pick the low-hanging fruits, that actually this is something when everything else is so out of control, when we've got no control over a global pandemic, when we've got no control over government responses, when our kids will be in school, this is something that we can actually take a little bit of control over and maybe feel a little bit empowered, dare I say it. I think it's a good point. And I know that when I do something very imperfectly, which I think is a more sustainable choice, it does feel esteeming, actually. Yeah, it is. You know, I think that first step is always the hardest one because there's a graph somewhere, I think, that sort of shows that, you know, this sort of first step is huge. And then after that, it becomes much easier because you develop that momentum, that kind of like, wow, actually, that wasn't that hard. And that was really easy. And like, I know nappies are a big thing when you've got young children and not everybody's going to want to do reusable nappies and not everybody's going to want to do it certainly as a first step, especially when we're in the middle of a pandemic and homeschooling and everything's overwhelming. But the example I use is when we had our first, I had every intention of using reusable nappies, but you know, like rabbit in the headlights, like we weren't sleeping, all those sorts of things. But every time I put a disposable nappy in the bin, I was just feeling a bit crap about it, just feeling a bit guilty. And then it got to about, I don't know, eight, 10 weeks. And we finally started to maybe think about taking a breath. We had the nappy man. I think he's the only nappy man in the country come around from our local wildlife trust and sort of show me what to do and things. And that sort of layer of guilt that I hadn't really even acknowledged was kind of lifted. And I was like, oh my God, I feel so much better about myself now. Do you know? And so there are 
advantages to it. It isn't that you're going to read the book and feel guilty and feel like I'm telling you, you've got to deprive yourself of all the convenience, of all the nice things, of all the things that make life easier, because nobody's going to want to do that. That's not particularly aspirational, is it? It's all about gentle steps, imperfect action, because we've all got different families. We've all got different circumstances and setups and different challenges. You know, some people will be caring for older parents as well as the kids. Some people will have kids with additional needs, you know, so this idea that there's one size fits all is complete rubbish. And so that's kind of, I hope, the message that the book gives is it's about finding what works for you and for your family and helping to ditch some of that guilt and overwhelm. When you said we don't need a handful of kind of eco-warriors doing mm. perfectly, what we need is millions, if not billions, yeah. of people making very, very small, imperfect yeah adjustments and that really struck me because I think you know I sit in the well-being world I guess with mother kind and I do see lots of people doing this very perfectly you know lots of people bulk buying going to bulk shops with their reusable containers Mm. for the pasta and the grains and I see people you know using the washing balls and I'm there using my plastic washing powder and I think that's what I like about when you say that because actually if I do choose like once a week to yeah. go to school instead of drop, drive. Oh my God, yeah. Down, that's actually a big contribution. Let's just start right at the start because as you said, lots of people, this does feel like the climate crisis does feel like another thing that is almost overwhelming. I know for a long time I kind of put my hands in my ears mm. It felt too much to hear yeah. it on top of everything else going on. So maybe let's very gently just underscore this crisis and the importance of us all taking very small and perfect action and the impact that that could actually have. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think it is hugely overwhelming. And I was in exactly the same place as you, sort of somehow, not consciously, but choosing to sort of look away and feeling like it wasn't my place to do anything about it. Surely if it's that bad, it would be like the response to coronavirus and the government would be coming down hard, pushing things through, imposing all these laws. And they kind of don't seem that bothered about it. And, you know, surely if it was that bad, businesses would be rapidly changing what they're doing. And obviously they wouldn't be putting profit first. You know, that's crazy. Of course they wouldn't be doing that. And thinking, I'm just one person. This is huge. This needs Boris and Biden and all those people to step up and to do this. What possible impact can me choosing a different washing powder make? And I absolutely, completely get that. And please be assured, I feel that on a regular basis. (laughs) The climate crisis is, I think David Attenborough was just on Good Morning Britain this morning saying, you know, this is the biggest problem of our time. Like This is the sort of defining issue of our generation. And he also talks about this idea that the decisions that we're making now are going to have an impact in a hundred years time. So there's no pressure, you know, (laughs) no pressure to pick the right washing powder. And it is huge and it is overwhelming. There's a brilliant tweet by, I think her name's Kimberly Nicholas. She's a climate scientist and she went to one of the climate strikes obviously last year and or 2019. And she's got this sort of climate crisis in 12 words. And it's basically like, it's warming, we're causing it, it's bad. 
And then the last one is like, we can fix it. So I think it's really important that we understand where we are and what's caused it. But it's also really, really important that we hang on to that we can fix it bit, because otherwise we just run the risk of just people just going, well, do you know what, Sod? There's nothing we can do about it. It's too late. It's not too late. So the next 10 years are kind of crucial because there was lots of talk around the US election, around the fact that Trump took America out of what's called the Paris Agreement. And that was something that happened in 2015. The reason it's banged on about a lot is because it was completely historical. And it was the first time all the nations had come together to say, this is a problem. We're all going to take action to solve it. And the goal of that is to try and keep temperature changes below one and a half degrees C of warming. Now, again, one and a half degrees C of warming. So what? Like, I've got a cup of tea here. Couldn't tell you if it was 90 degrees or 87 degrees you know like so it doesn't seem like a big deal does it one and a half degrees of warming but actually in terms of the planet it's kind of huge because there's all these really delicate systems and ecosystems that are sort of all interacting together and all these little feedback loops and mechanisms and stuff that keep our planet in this sort of safe habitable zone and what's happening is that we're pushing it out of that and if we get to one and a half degrees c if we get to two degrees c we start getting these this is all a bit technical, but these sort of runaway feedback loops and things will then be kind of very much out of our control. So we've basically got until 2030 to really pull our fingers out and do something about this. Now, as individuals, our role in this is, and again, I don't want to get too technical because I know people just glaze over and switch off, but we all have a carbon footprint. So countries have a carbon footprint, businesses have a carbon footprint, your iPhone has a carbon footprint. It's the impact that it has on the planet. And the average UK carbon footprint for an average person is around nine or 10 tonnes of carbon. We've got to get that down as individuals to about two and a half tonnes by 2030. Is that, so that in a lifetime? That's per year. Our annual carbon footprint in the UK per person is around nine or 10 tonnes. We've got to get that down to about two and a half, which sounds like, oh my God, doesn't it? But we've got 10 years to do that. So if we can shave off 10% this year and... Actually, we can break that down into manageable chunks and we absolutely can do that. So, you know, some really easy things that are big impact would be switching your energy supplier to a renewable tariff. And again, we're busy, we're overwhelmed, we're stretched. And you're telling me I've got to go online and sift through a load of blooming energy suppliers. And how can I believe what they're saying and all those kinds of things. But there's some great websites. There's one called Big Clean Switch and that only lists renewable tariffs. So you literally grab a recent bill, go on there put all your details in and it will just give you a range of quotes and you pick the one you like the best. You can do it in an episode of Paw Patrol. Do you know, like you can do this. There are really doable, easy things that you can do that will have a big impact. And once you're done, you just can kind of sit back and it's done. What struck me in the book was that I think there is a feeling and certainly I have this feeling like, well, actually it's kind of big business is responsible. Mm -hmm. The farming, meat, dairy industry but actually 60% of carbon emissions are down to individual households. Yeah, that's actually, mad, isn't it? I think that is in a way a positive message because what I take from that is that with these small micro changes, we mm. could all have a big difference. We, could we are so much more powerful than we give ourselves credit for. So yeah. big business absolutely needs to change we can help to drive that change with the choices that we're making. I really hope you enjoyed that short clip from 
Jen Gale, and that you like this format, please let me know what you think. Also, what do you think of the name? I also toyed with Motherkind Mini, but I settled on Moment because to me, it just more closely aligned with my intention of helping you find a small moment of calm, inspiration and shifting your perspective. But let me know if you can think of a better one. I know that most of my listeners are incredibly creative and love sharing ideas with me. So please do let me know. I'm up for changing it. If someone can come up with a better name than Moment. Also, please do sign up for my newsletter on the website, motherkind.co. Each week I share directly to your inbox things I'm thinking about, working on and behind the scenes of the podcast as well. Before you go, can you do me one more favour? I'm asking a lot, aren't I? As this is a new thing, I really want it to be successful. Would you mind sharing it and helping me spread the word? So maybe just grab the link. You can just press copy link wherever you're listening and pop it maybe in your mum's WhatsApp group or to a couple of friends that you think might enjoy this shorter 10-minute format. And I'll be back on Thursday for an incredible in-depth interview episode that you know and love from Motherkind. Thank you so much for listening and have an amazing start to your week. Hi, I'm Lauren. And I'm Nicole. And if you enjoy this show, you will love our podcast, Self Care Club. Every week, we trial a different form of self care and report back on the results. We've tried everything from cuddle therapy, setting boundaries, laughter yoga, and many more. Two friends who rarely agree on anything, testing out the world of self care so you don't have to. We've even written a book dedicated to self care practices that cost you nothing. You can listen to Self Care Club wherever you get your podcasts. Or to purchase our book, search Have You Tried This on Amazon.